1: just wanted to start with something that um is unrelated to what we're going to be talking about but it's related to something that we had talked about um remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking about trademarks i saw a story in the guardian that just i I mean maybe it doesn't come across i just i thought it was just wonderful we all know about vogue the the conde Nast publication which is a famous magazine and well, apparently, there was a pub in the Cornish countryside that was called the Star Inn at Vogue because the name of the place that it's located is Vogue uh-huh. in Cornwall. And Conde Nast's chief operating uh, officer sent them a cease and desist letter saying that the company owned the proprietor of the Vogue trademark, not only for the magazine, but also for all goods and services offered to the public by our company, And that clearly a link between the two businesses was, quote, likely to be inferred. Oh my (laughs) God. Do you believe that? So they actually said this place, which is in vogue and called the Star Inn at Vogue, might like hamper Conti Nast's Vogue. People might get confused.
0: Wow. I find that unlikely. Do you believe it? I think given what we talked about, on, we're, none of us are lawyers, I presume, but given what we talked about, they can't do that. I mean, that's not legal, what what Vogue is trying to do, the magazine is trying to do. Because we were talking about how copyright has a specific, when you copyright that word, you're using it for a specific, or trademark the word, not copyright, excuse me, I always get the too confused. When you trademark it, you're doing it for a specific use. And but that's, that's what, really oh no! But they're it.
1: saying that my point is is what the the COO said was that that it, the, the Vogue mark was also for other goods and services offered to the public by our company, and they said, this is this is the quote that got me: we are concerned that the name which you are using is going to cause problems because, as far as the general public is concerned, a connection between your business and ours is likely to. Be, I mean if you look at the picture, which I'm looking at right now, it just says the star in in big letters and it says at Vogue small. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I'm
0: saying, though. There's no way I think that the uh, Vogue company would win because it just, it's, that's really a stretch. I think they're trying to harass, but I don't think they could win in court at all. It's not, because we we did talk about it. It's fairly specific when you do that. And that's like really, I mean, Basically, they're saying, like, everything is connected with Vogue in terms of services to humans, which is a little bit ridiculous, I think.
1: Well, the guy wrote back and said, which I loved, he said he, he said it was a categorical no, we're not changing our name. And then he said, I presume that at the time when you chose the name Vogue, you didn't seek position, permission from the villagers of the real Vogue. I also presume that Madonna did not seek your position to use the word Vogue for a 1990 song. And he went on in that you vein. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It is it is ludicrous. They still haven't gotten a response. Oh no, Connie Ness lawyer, I just felt no, they they did, did say it was a mix up.
2: Oh, a mix up. Yeah, a mix
0: up. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: We did not just need to send the letter. Are bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. But that is one problem with trademark though, I think. Because if you're a powerful company, you can harass people where it's just I mean these guys could get away with it, but it can be sort of scary for a company that that does have a name that does theoretically uh, trample on those things and doesn't really, but you could, I would be harassed just thinking about it. It's not worth getting a lawyer, et cetera. I think a lot of times, right? which Mm. is the danger of trademarks, but going beyond trademarks, we're going to move into, (laughs) I was going to modify my sentence because we're talking about modifiers. And this one came up um, in May 3rd tweet by Ben Shapiro, who is uh, some sort of, pundit or something or so he claimed he said quote and I quote the tweet as a gay man comma, I have been reliably informed he cannot opinion on this comma and you should have told him to shut up. I'm going to reread it slightly correcting it because I think he meant to say have an opinion so I'm going to read it again. as a gay man comma, I have been reliably informed he cannot have an opinion on this and you should have told him to shut up. Now, Fletcher, do you see the modifier problem here? <laughs> well, I, I do, because I, I
2: happen to know who, who Ben Shapiro is, and I also happen to know that he, he is not, uh, as far as we know, a gay man. Mm-mm. And he very much expressed in that tweet that he is a gay man.
0: Yes, he did. (laughs) Now, this is a case of a misplaced modifier. We were going to say dangling modifier, but then when we look at it, this whole topic is slightly unscientific. What's a dangling modifier? What's a misplaced modifier? What's a squinting modifier? The key point is that when you have a modifier, when you're talking about someone, and we think that Shapiro did not mean that he's a gay man, we could rewrite this and say, I have been reliably informed that he, as a gay man, cannot have an opinion on this. That would make it much clearer. In this case, when we hear it, we think that Ben Shapiro is saying he's a gay man, which apparently he is not. So we're gonna move into dangling modifiers and let's start with what's a modifier. Let's go backtrack here. Kathy, do you wanna shove in? I'm sorry,
1: I I didn't know I I should speak. (laughs) Well, what is a modifier don't leave don't
0: leave us dangling kathy
2: yeah,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> no. arr, arr, arr. where's like the groan soundtrack <laughs> um, a modifier is um it's something it could be a word a phrase a clause um that describes or clarifies or, or adds detail about a concept so it's 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 very simple i mean it's it's Often it's a uh, a modifier can be like an adjective or an adverb. it's, it's it usually is is describing either an action or a uh, noun a thing
0: or a, be, a a beingness of the noun. in this mm-hmm. case with Shapiro we had as a gay man which we thought that Shapiro was referring to himself but no he was referring to another person, the he in the sentence and that's where we get into problems because when the modifier, doesn't modify the noun as Kathy pointed out that it's supposed to modify we have the problem either of a dangling or misplaced modifier usually a misplaced mo- a dangling modifier is when there's you can't find the subject at all and Kathy found one just today in a thing I was just showing her, didn't you Kath? oh here it is i, I highlighted it okay we just we're reading a pseudo poetic person who was writing on a rather tendentious uh, sort of sorry that I'm being really mean here but Here's the, here's the sentence. Housed and clothed in exchange for five hours of work a day, it was a perfect resting place for a few months.
2: Can you read that again? That is, that is a hard <laughs> sentence to follow. Can you read that again?
0: Okay. Housed and clothed in exchange for five hours of work a day, comma, it was a perfect resting place for a few months.
2: So that makes it sound like this place, this perfect resting place, is what has been housed and clothed.
1: Right, exactly. Right. And it is clear that the person meant to say like you know we were housed and clothed in exchange for 5 hours of work a day, but this is a really common error. People f- have that have the modifier and and just uh, completely omit the subject, which typically is I or we.
0: Right. In, mm. in these cases. I am very guilty of this. I do this a lot and Kathy always crit- you, you always correct it. Have you noticed that, Kathy. Oh, I didn't
1: realize that you do, though, don't you? I do. But that's the whole thing. It's like that it, it, it just gets confused. Well, my favorite, though, as I have to say it is it's the horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to do one of my bad jokes. You know, the old so-and-so walks into a bar. This is a dangling modifier walks into a bar. After finishing a drink, the bartender asks it to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair,
2: were I the bartender, I would also need a drink myself. <laughs>
1: if a dangling
2: modifier were to walk into the bar. <laughs>
1: But it's 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 one of those things I think that it's just it's it's a it's an obvious mistake and it's an incredibly common mistake and for whatever reason I mean we go back to the Ben Shapiro thing if you look at it it shocks me I know it's a tweet and I know you can't edit a tweet unless you know Elon Musk has it say and does indeed take over and blah, blah blah, blah. but it's so it's it's usually I think patently obvious what the error is yet for whatever reason people don't catch them I, I
0: think as, as an offender, I think you're you're so into what you're seeing that and what you're thinking that you don't, that you're not correctly writing it. And because you're inadvertently, you're thinking the subject when you're not, but you're not writing the subject. I think there's one here we have. Um, driving home late the other night, a raccoon suddenly appeared in our headlights. <laughs> now, that means a raccoon, you know, like is driving home, which is. And that's obviously not true, but I think, but we just think of that sentence again, driving home late the other night, a raccoon suddenly appeared in our headlights. When I, I can sort of get what's, what the writer was thinking. He's thinking I'm driving home. He's not really bothering with the, the subject uh, modifier agreement, but he, you kind of see what the person was going through, don't you or not? Well, y-
2: yeah. When you stop, I, I think this is an enormous problem. Uh, Kathy, you said that it's it's usually patently obvious what the person means. Yeah, when you stop and think and look at what the sentence says a couple of times, but you shouldn't have mm-hmm. to do that. This is different from we mentioned last episode uh, when people say "could have" instead of "could have." Mm-hmm. You can read a sentence that says "could have" in it and pretty much roll right through it. You you know mm-hmm. that you know that they made an error, but you just roll right through it without stopping to wonder what they meant with these kinds of problems with dangling modifiers. I think you sometimes you often really do have to stop and at least look twice to, to figure out what something I think. It does. I think that's a much bigger problem than a lot of the things that we talk about. You know, this it, it's not it. And I'm not saying Ross that you, that you weren't saying it's not a problem. Oh but, no,
0: I think, yeah, no, I think it's a huge problem. And when Kathy has corrected me, I, 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 I've always agreed with the correction. I mean, I and don't. Well, you we should. should. <laughs> no, these should not be in writing and these should not be in speech because the ambiguity there can be dangerous and wrong. Or it can. I mean, there's one here we have while driving to the vet's office, my dog jumped out of the car. I mean, <sighs> they also get silly and they sound dumb.
1: I'm just getting fascinated with all, all these animals thing. that are driving. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we never well, had that. <laughs> <laughs> it, i think the part of the problem though is is i i do think ross okay you said the thing about the the what the raccoon um who was apparently also driving as i recall I, and, and I, I i think you're right you obviously the person is thinking i was driving but mm-hmm. what bothers me is i think it's a lazy thing because it's 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 very easy not to do it. and i wonder if a lot of the times it's when it's in the passive voice and i'm wondering if that is like more often than not the root of the problem
0: mm-hmm it is it is it does seem to be a real problem with the passive but I think the passive is perfectly acceptable on occasions as well. I mm. I agree.
2: I I used to have uh you know teachers especially in high school who would you know circle every single time I used the passive voice in my papers and and uh at some point I had an argument with them because sometimes it's better. Yeah. Anyway,
0: that that's hardly the point. But I think Kathy is but Kathy is right. I think she it does Tend to occur more easily in the passive. There is a little debate here, and this is where Kath and I were talking. We're kind of on the prescriptivist, like, don't do this uh, side. But there is a Harvard professor linguist who's saying there is an ambiguity sometimes with dangling modifiers, but sometimes that ambiguity isn't there, so they're okay. And he uses some examples here that I'm going to read to you, and we're going to see what Fletcher and Kathy think. Heading out this morning, it was really gray and wet. Yeah, sure. We know yeah, he's what he's saying means. that you can't misinterpret them, so they're okay. I still don't like them. What do you all think? Well, the thing, the thing about that particular
2: sentence is, we're saying it was gray and wet. Uh, so we mm-hmm. really that that is pretty easy to roll right on by and to know that you're talking about as we were heading out this morning. But mm-hmm. if you if you said something, I, I don't know if it wasn't just it. If there was if there was another word there, a more specific word than it, I think it would maybe
0: make you. St- pause for a moment
1: heading out this morning the deck was really gray and wet something like that
0: i don't like it still i still think maybe we can understand it but i still think that i would not recommend writing that no me neither absolutely not absolutely not
1: okay i think we're going back though into what we've talked about a million times we talked about the other week when we were talking about grammar rules and you know who says what I, I, I think that there's a time... And I, I mean, I think that I would let this slide um, in a Facebook post with friends. I would, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I know what they're talking about. Would I want this in a formal, written, like in an article or in a, uh, a piece that you're writing for an, a, a person like your boss no. or whatever? No, I wouldn't want it. I mean, so I think, again, we go back to the whole concept of registers. It's like, I think that we can let it slide if it's... it Because it, it, we understand it if it's in a casual instance. But if it's in a formal... Instance I don't th- I think it's bad Well but also let's go,
2: let's go back to Twitter wh- which is Incredibly informal and look at the Problems it can cause when you Start your sentence out with as a gay Man I <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, true. It, it, If you are not a gay man I, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that That causes a Lot of confusion I mean especially if you have mm-hmm. No idea who Ben Shapiro is what I would Read that sentence and think okay he's he's Gay and this is his understanding mm-hmm. Of this situation
0: yeah, right. No, that's in that case, it's not a register problem that Kathy was saying. It's that's an ambiguity. Of, of an understanding it's an ambiguity problem. Yeah. Actually, the one thing I was going to quickly say, speaking of registers, Kathy, we're speaking in a register right now. We're speaking in a casual register when Kathy was you know, talking about the deck being wet because she said we've talked about this a million times. Mm-hmm. Now, I would suggest that she not write. This in a in an article, and we would not write. We have talked about this a million times. Oh, really? See now, th-
1: I think I would put it in an article because it's a. It's we have talked f-
0: about it a million times.
1: We've talked it <laughs> no, it <about> <laughs> a thousand. But, times. But I think we understand that I'm saying. Oh my God! Have we talked about this? But would you do that in like a in, a, in like a, a
0: fairly uh, you know state environment where you're talking? I about would write hour?
1: that. In, I would write that in the New York Times. I would write that in the. Atlantic. I have said I would, this a
0: million times. I would. This,
1: <laughs> Okay. Whoa. <laughs> well, I don't go with the batteries somewhere. on
0: the floor.
2: <laughs> How, was it a million batteries? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Looks like it. <laughs> I got too excited. <laughs> um. Yeah. I do. I, OK, a million times. But I do think, yeah, it is a time and a place issue. I mean, the one the one that got me now is if we're going to talk about prescriptivism is hopefully how you still have some people saying hopefully is a dangling modifier when you go, hopefully, I'm going to be there tomorrow. Right. Yeah, that
0: is not that's a, that's an adverb modifying the entire sentence. And I, I think that is completely acceptable. And hopefully everyone will agree with this.
2: You know. I, I suspect you're going to read some more of these out loud to us. And as someone who who specifically has to write for the ear because I'm in radio, all of this is really obvious to me when you read it out loud, because when you are reading something in print, you can go back and figure out the sentence, you know, but because your eyes can go back and forth between each part of the sentence. When you hear it with your ears, you can't rewind. And I mean, you could if you're listening to a podcast, I suppose. But who's going to do that? You can't rewind time and hear this sentence over and over and hear the different parts of it to figure out the sentence. It's a lot harder when you're just hearing a dangling modifier to understand what that sentence is supposed to mean.
1: That's a really good point. It's funny because you would I mean, you know, being in the business you're in, you would think of it in, in terms of of an oral A-U-R-A-L, not O-R-A-L. Um, thing, because that makes a lot of sense to me that hearing it, it gets much more confusing because you're right. When I read it, I go, oh, they're talking about me or they're talking about him or you know what I mean? It's like right in front of me. Yeah, that's a really good point.
0: Yeah, it is. And then in that case, the, the distinction we were making before of dangling modifiers, a la the gray uh, deck do would seem fine to you, Fletcher, because, you know, inst- looking at your academic record, this test is the least of your worries. We can clearly hear what that means, even though it's a dangling modifier, technically. To save time, the knives are kept sharp. Again, that's a dangling modifier, but it's clear, clear what's going on there. I still don't like them that way, even if they're clear, but. but
1: then, okay. Then here's one we had as a bad, as an example of a, of, of a, of a, of a dangling modifier. And this is where it's problematic when you read it, when you see it, but this is police negotiated with him minutes before being shot dead by marksmen. That's incredibly confusing. Very. When you hear it. Yes,
0: that is, that's, that's a bad dangling modifier. That's bad. And it's also sort of it provokes laughter, which is not—it's not the sort of thing you want to provoke in a case like this.
1: So, well, this is where we need the driving dog, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, or the racco- I like the raccoon driving better. I was like, how would he, you know, see over the uh, over the dashboard? But whatever, that's a problem. Raccoons know better than we about driving. Anyway, let's move on to misplaced modifiers. Misplaced modifiers tend to be modifiers that, that sort of with Ben Shapiro the subject is there they're just not placed in the correct place which is
1: tautology but there we go yeah usually when it's misplaced you can they don't dangle cuz as Ross said you've got you've got the subject but it's like either too it's usually too far from the subject so it gets it gets confused or there's like another part of the sentence gets in the way i mean my personal favorite one that i had found was in the independent the newspaper and it <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's I just love how this sounds. A team led by Dr. Craig Smith from the University of Hawaii at Manoa found the crabs using a remotely operated submersible.
2: Those are some some advanced crabs. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think they know the raccoons. But yeah, the, I mean, but the, I mean, it's clear. Again, you go back to it, it's clear what's supposed to be said. I mean, obviously the <laughs> those crabs are not as, as advanced as as Dr. Craig Smith was, but. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's again, you can understand it, but it's it's very ambiguous. Yeah. My
0: favorite was the CNN one. Stevie Wonder announces he'll be having kidney surgery during a London concert. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, to be fair, after
2: after so many years of touring, probably you got to do something to spice things up for yourself.
1: (laughs) But what do you do for an encore, huh? <laughs> well, you do have two
2: kidneys, don't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, a couple Oh, the one I liked was a headline. We actually put it, Ross and I do uh, the stupidest things ever said calendar every year, which is, Headlines and so forth and, and and bad quotes. But this one I loved was a headline from an a Exeter a newspaper. It said, the family rearing 350 turkeys on their farm, ready to be killed and served this Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to do, I can't help but do one more and then we can go on to talking about it.
0: Colorado man attacked by three coy- coyotes walking to work. <laughs> 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 these, though, I mean, with th- these can all be rewritten correctly. Colorado man walking to work attacked by three coyotes. I mean, they're easy to see, and these, I think, are basically sloppy. And I think you really, we really need to work on these.
1: I don't. The only thing is, is I think you got to cut slack when it's a headline. Because a lot of times when it's a headline, you've got to try. You're trying to truncate it. You've got to fit it into X amount of space, and 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 I think a lot of times, you you end up with coyotes wearing business suits going to work. You know what mm, what I mean? still think. Yeah, but come on, Kathy.
0: Man seeking help for dog charged with DWI. Man seeking help for dog charged with DWI it sounds like the dog is charged with DWI. I think you need to work on that a bit. I, I agree.
2: Mean... I, I, th- I think I, I understand what you're saying, Kathy, very much because uh, I've written plenty of headlines and they are hard to do in a certain amount of space. Mm-hmm. But especially with headlines, uh, sometimes that's all people look at and having that much ambiguity there is 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 a big problem.
0: Or having them laugh at the headline.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. This was, I mean, this was an exercise that we did over and over when I was in school, was Was writing headlines and making them so that they weren't ambiguous like this. I mean, it's it's something that we're supposed to learn.
1: Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. I was just trying to be nice. No,
2: I, I understand, but you, you, you <laughs> see it everywhere, you know? And, and again, copy editors, they don't exist, but still. Yeah,
1: no, you're right. You're, you're, you are right. I just, I... I must say the more often than not, they're more they're more interesting when they're ambiguous. They are. I really like
0: that. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like Kathy. You, you just you just highlighted. Why don't you read that one? I just love that. Oh, that the one Yahoo one. Yeah, the shark. Love that one. Oh, yeah. shark
1: bites Cancun tourist and surf despite warning. That one though, <laughs> yeah, I <don't>... see,
0: <laughs> We
2: warned you, Sharky. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> you know this? I mean, Jay Leno made. A lot of hay out of of exactly oh, yeah. this, you, you oh, know. Yeah. Ev- every other week or whatever, he would have his headlines, and uh, there were he put out books of them, and I mean it was it was exactly this kind of thing over and over.
1: I thought of those like, can I ask you something? I don't quite understand what was that supposed to be? The shark bites Cancun tourists. There was a shark. shark
2: yeah, there was probably a shark uh, warning. There, yeah,
0: there's a shark warning. Uh, after a warning, a shark. After a shark warning, a shark, the tourist should not have gone in the water. That has. Oh, a lot he of was into. in
1: the surf in spite of the warning. Right? Okay, yes. I, 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 okay, here we go with the ambiguity. I didn't even, I didn't even, I couldn't figure it out. I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I, had no, I knew there was a shark. I knew there was a tourist. I knew there was like you know a, a painful the act, action. You know, <laughs> that
0: also that also raises an interesting question because we're getting into like AI translation and stuff. And that one's a really, I mean, I would think that's really tough for an AI, a, a artificial intelligence uh, program to really read correctly. Because, I mean, it really, how this reads, like, it does sound like the shark was given a warning and yeah. it bit the tourist anyway. And it seems really difficult to to look at it any other way, actually. Tourist, despite warning, really should be tourist, despite warning, was bitten by a shark. Mm, sort of, I don't know.
1: Well, I thought it was so. no, it's... Tourist I would say tourist in surf despite warning. Yes, that's because right. that's the point. The point is is that the tourist, in spite of the warning, went into the water.
0: Right. That's, right. Was that's bitten the by point. a shark. Yeah. That's a tough how would you rewrite this one though? We had this one as a as a as a bad um first ever black woman named public defender. It's a headline in the Newark Star Ledger.
2: Yeah. That one
0: is Yeah. That's a toughie. I would say Black woman named public defender for the first time? No. No. What would you do, Fletcher? You're the one who studying right, this. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I'm trying <laughs> to think. Oh, I, bec- because
2: because I, do, I do see this. And, and let's pretend that I have to keep things really brief. Um, right, b- because, right. Because I see this sort of thing in promo copy uh, when I'm on the air, and, and I can rewrite it to make, to make it much more clear. But I can also add a few seconds to do that, maybe. Mm. Uh, let me think. How would you? Let's see. I don't know. That's hard. It is because she's the first. She's the first black woman to be a public defender.
1: Presumably, yeah.
2: I mean, first... honest. Honestly, one thing you could do is take out the word "ever." Um, yeah. Because that that at least de-emphasizes the first.
0: But what are you doing? That first black woman named public defender. Black yeah. woman named first public defender. No. No.
2: I, I I mean I mean first black woman named public defender, is a little closer in my opinion, yeah. to, to getting you to understanding what it says rather than first ever black woman, because that sounds like it actually is the very first black woman who existed. But when you just say first black woman, it, like it takes away that 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 emphasis on that first a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that makes mm-hmm. a huge difference. First black woman named public defender.
2: It's still not perfect, you know, but but you don't you probably don't really Why think. Why not
0: first time? for first time black woman cuz that's too long right. that's that, too that's yeah. too long.
2: that that was that was the that was uh, you know I was trying to make that the exercise I guess yeah. um y- yeah you I would do something like that if if I could uh, if you're trying to keep things super duper brief um then yeah I would probably take out ever and you know hope mm-hmm. that people understood she wasn't the very first black woman ever.
1: I mean, to be honest with you, it's just a terrible headline. With The, the ever just makes it sound like a little kiddie book, too. Yeah. The first yeah. time ever! Yeah. I don't know. It's I don't quite understand it, why you would have done that in the first place. But
0: Oh, I didn't see this one until just now. This is from an insurance claim. We had it in our calendar. I pulled into the lay-by with smoke coming out from under the hood. I realized the car was on fire, so I took out my dog and smothered it with a blanket. <laughs> <skin.
1: laughs> <laughs> okay, that one wins. <laughs>
2: Does that mean I do I need to put do I need to put a cruelty to animals warning at the beginning yeah, of this really. episode now? No.
1: Well, we've had raccoons driving <laughs> we're killing dogs.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: oh, that's just awful. Now, I've got to say, though, now, this is, I'm sorry, I have to throw, we should really end with that because that's so funny, but I just wanted to say, I never had heard of squinting, but mod- I, I had heard, I saw the Columbia Journalism Review saying a squinting modifier, Ross, you had referred to them earlier, was merely a misplaced modifier, but what we're talking about right now really are more um, squinting because it, it's a misplaced modifier that can go either to the beginning, it can, it can relate to one, either the word before it or the words after it. And that's what makes it so ambiguous. Usually, I, I like this. And that's why it's.
2: I like this term, squinting modifier. So, is this the sort of thing where you're reading the sentence, and and I wish people could see me here on the Zoom call, but you you kind of you, you kind of go, wait, what? I think so. Is actually, it? And, actually, and, you, and you squint yeah. at it, and then like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Get it,
1: I get, I get, I get. Yeah, usually, because I, because I, I just I, we talked about squinting with something else a while back. What was it? Remember, we talked about something squinting. Yeah, we did.
0: I, I believe you. I mean,
1: I believe you a million. It was times it was only, it was an etymological but... <laughs> discussion. Trust me. It was it was etymological and it was very interesting. <laughs> well, I guess we could close on the famous Groucho
0: joke, which has all of these elements in it. Okay, the other morning I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> So we're ending with another animal, too, I noticed. (laughs) It's a menagerie. It was shot!
1: (laughs) It was shot, smothered. (laughs) This is not good. It's gotten ugly, kids.
2: This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, helped from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. You're Saying It Wrong is a worldwide affair. Kathy Petras records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWPOD. Email them at KRPetris at gmail.com or email me at Powell at KMUW.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or, better yet, a review on your podcast platform of choice. Kathy and Ross's book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that and much of their other work pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And, of course, Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, knrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.